At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. Geek. Geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What's up, folks? Welcome into another post-game edition of Hardwood Handicappers, doing these uh, after every game of the NBA Finals. Game two in the books, and an absolute ass-kicking by the Golden State Warriors of the Boston Celtics. 107-88, the final score. Golden State Warriors outscore the Celtics. 35-14 to makes the difference in this game. To now even the series, we head back to Boston. Celtics, of course, still have home court in their pocket. Two games coming up. At the Garden. So, mentioning that third quarter, and that's where you have to begin. Uh, when you get outscored by 21 points in a quarter, it's going to happen. But the third quarter, uh, this is somewhat troublesome for the Boston Celtics now as we move into the two games back at Beantown, uh, which is the way that they have been handled in these third quarters by the Golden State Warriors. 73-38, to 38, the Celtics have been outscored in the third quarter of play through two games in this series. And the third quarter is not something that has really treated the Boston Celtics well uh, throughout this postseason for the most part. We can think of many third quarters in which they have come out flat and gotten absolutely rolled, uh, the Boston Celtics. And for the postseason, how about this? Uh, Now, the Celtics, through 20 games of postseason play, they have been outscored by 7.6 points per 100 possessions in the third quarter of play of postseason games. You know, we can go back to that Miami Heat game in which, what was it, game one? They come out, they have a strong lead. Uh, and then in the third quarter, get absolutely decimated. That's a big difference there. I mean, we can go on and on down the list of third quarters and how poorly they have been played for Boston. And you can add the way the Warriors have rolled them through two games now at this point. Um, I think when you start to look at this overall and some of the big differences for Boston as we look at what transpired, outside of just, hey, they got their asses kicked in the third quarter, um, you start, of course, with 
turnovers. Turnovers were abysmal for the Boston Celtics. Turned it over on 19.8% of their offensive possessions uh, in total for the game. Ended with 18 turnovers, but doesn't really give it justice because this game was well out of hand, and Ime Udoka uh, pulled a lot of the guys early in the fourth quarter. Uh, much of that damage in terms of 18 turnovers was done in the first three quarters of play, and it's pretty bad. And when Ime Udoka comes in, after the game and talking to media and hits the nail on the head when he says that turnovers have been a problem for the Boston Celtics throughout this entire postseason. I've played clips on my show, be it Hardwood Handicappers or others, in which Ima Udoka has brought up the fact that turnovers have been a massive problem for this team, and that is very much the case. The Celtics at times have a lot of self-inflicted wounds when it comes to their problems. But today was about the Golden State Warriors and the way that they adjusted, the way they played defensively. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought some of the ways in which they were playing on the floor and the changes that they made were awesome. You could see right off of the jump, uh, the physicality was way up for Golden State, getting in the jerseys of guys, not giving them any space to breathe. Uh, for the first possession where Draymond, I think it was Draymond Green who ties up, um, was it Jalen Brown on the first, the very first possession of the game? Uh, regardless, or it might have been Al Horford actually on the very first possession of the game. Yeah, it was Al Horford. Uh, and, you know, Celtics win the jump ball, whatever. Uh, but you could tell immediately the change that was going to be there for the Golden State Warriors. And from an offensive standpoint, too, they deserve a, a ton of credit, man. Because when you looked at the way that they changed up their offense and they went from a line, they still ran a lot of their off ball stuff. And I would love to see what the numbers actually are in terms of frequency. But my eyes at least told me. Uh, there was a lot more traditional high pick and rolls from the Golden State Warriors. You know, when you're talking about running switches defensively, well, more traditional pick and rolls and slipping of those screens leads to passes in the middle of the paint, leads to some help defenders, which leads to another kick to a cutter on the baseline, which leads to some easy buckets. And you saw a lot of those from the Golden State Warriors in this game. So you went from really a lot of off-ball stuff and dribble handoffs, things like that, to a more traditional pick and roll attack in this game, and it worked wonders for the Golden State Warriors. And sure enough, uh, from an offensive standpoint, just a massive, massive game overall. Uh, from a three-point shooting perspective, too, they were brilliant. 40 point, uh, 40% flat in non-garbage time minutes in this game. 14 to 35 from beyond the arc for the Golden State Warriors. Overall, an offense rating of 101.2 in the half court. But again, like a lot of this has to do with a fourth quarter in which neither team really cared about anything. But it's, it was a massively impressive performance from the Golden State Warriors. So now we head back, game three, Boston game opens up three and a half with a total of two twelve and a half and a quick uh quick aside on the number because um was getting a lot of on uh on on social media after the game uh how wrong you are and you know handicapping basketball is a lot more simple wasted two hours on radio blah 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 uh the number itself tells you right when you're talking about a number that closed five in some spots for game one i mean if you want to do that as a better in terms of laying an extra point, point and a half because of a situation a team is by me, by all means, go ahead in a long-term process. It is not the most sound thing in the world to be willingly laying an extra point, point and a half over the long haul. But Hey, sometimes it cashes and it worked out for golden state. And to be fair in the uh, column of which John was wrong, as Doug Kazarian tweeted out earlier today, as this uh, blowout was going on, uh, teams down one nothing in an NBA series. Um, now back to uh, game three, game two. Excuse me. Um, let me see. I think he had it at yeah. So it'll be. So let's see. Uh, home teams down one nothing in the NBA playoffs in game two. Ten and one in the last eleven. 
And uh, this seems like a general speculation from Doug at about 60% over the last three decades. So we'll see, or excuse me, we'll see. Um, as you look at what happened in game two, yeah, it, it, the situation worked out for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'm pretty stubborn in the way that I look at things, and I'm not willing to lay an extra point in those types of situations. So as I said before the, before the game started, uh, there wasn't going to be many instances in which I came out and said, man, I was wrong. I should have played. Nah. Uh, I'll take the extra point every time when it comes to the power rating and the numbers uh, for those teams. Uh, But anyway, so as we talk about, as we move forward here, game three is fascinating. We're back in Boston. You're already seeing a lot of Warriors should be up 2-0 in this series. Uh, Don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think you should really uh, take it as such as you move forward. The Boston Celtics did a lot uh, of good things defensively in that first game. And there are things that they can do in terms of making adjustments um, as we move forward into game three, there can also be a lot better uh, effort stuff. Effort stuff. Uh, there can also be a lot better uh, of a defensive effort, just an effort in general from the Boston Celtics. There are a lot of times where they were lazily dropping off of pick and rolls on Steph Curry again. I don't understand the Daniel Tice minutes at times. Uh, Tice was caught in drop coverage in his stupid defensive stance where he just watched Steph Curry walk into a pull-up three. It was absolutely ridiculous. And a lot, a lot of the turnovers were unforced errors by Boston. But again, that's what this team has been throughout this postseason. Uh, in the losses, I remember writing about this in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami, which is, I think they, I think, let me, you know, I think they turned it over twenty-two percent of their offensive possessions, somewhere in that range, in non-garbage time minutes. In the losses against Miami, turnovers have been a problem for Boston whenever they lose these games, and they tend to lose them ugly because of the way that they turn the ball over. Can't happen in Game Three. Uh, But Udoka has been really good with this team in terms of fixing things, getting them to focus off of a loss and come back and perform a little bit better. So you would expect, as a team who has responded as such, uh, to be ready to play coming off of a loss and going back home in this series. Uh, The Celtics overall, after a straight-up loss on the season, 26-11 straight up, 25-12 against the spread. That includes, obviously, regular season and postseason. So it's a somewhat familiar situation for the Celtics to be in. And we've seen them do it multiple times, and they've responded very well multiple times. But this Warriors team, man, I will say, after watching this, still have plenty of faith that the Celtics are going to win this. Still have plenty of faith that the uh, Celtics are the better team. Um, But that small play on Celtics in five, for example, um, obviously plus plus 900 for a reason. We'll put it that way. Uh, Steph Curry and this Warriors team is awesome. Curry himself really is just incredible. And that's also the other part of this that I kind of wanted to focus on when it comes to this game. When you, when you look at, when I tell you that the Warriors came out and won 107-88 to by nearly 20 points, uh, had a 35-14 thir- uh, third quarter, and were just absolutely dominant, you would think like, oh, cool, so who else went nuts? But then you look at the box score for the Golden State Warriors, you look around, you're like, okay, well... Clay Thompson had 11 points on one of eight shooting from three and four 19 from three-point range. Uh, Andrew Wiggins only had 11. Kevon Looney contributed 12. And then you look at the rest, and, okay, Jordan Poole, he went over his point total prop by a half point, depending on where you look. He went five and nine from three-point range. Um, but it really wasn't much from an offensive standpoint from the Golden State Warriors. And so if you're Boston, I think you're feeling relatively confident that if you're cutting down on the turnovers and not letting this game get out in front of you, uh, then maybe you have a little bit of a better chance going back home. But you got to play better on offense, and you can't turn the ball over, and you can't just dribble into traffic and let go of the ball and 
all of those things and allow the Golden State Warriors to get out and transition and have some easy opportunities. So now, as we look forward, I thought it was pretty interesting that not only, again, we're at three and a half, again, another feather, like another indication that you were laying an extra point and a half in this year, in this situation, point, point and a half, in terms of the bounce back game. But as the series markets are, are finally starting to um, pop back up here, uh, we are now essentially at a pick. Celtics minus 115, uh, which is pretty interesting just given where we were after game one from a market price standpoint of Celtics minus 175 and the Celtics with home court in two games in which they're going to be favored by three and a half points uh, that this series is essentially a pick. So uh, the uh, market has come around on the Golden State Warriors and betters love the Golden State Warriors. And I'm really curious to see what the betting market does by the time we get to tip off for game number three. Because this is two consecutive games now, which the betting public has been all over the Golden State Warriors. We're talking 75% of the tickets, or 75% of the handle, 85-plus percent of the tickets on the Golden State Warriors for the first two games. Uh, building liability on the Golden State Warriors in multiple facets from a series price standpoint. Uh, from the props, some of the most popular props, pro uh, Warriors props, as reported. So, uh, I would assume the market has shown that it is, stubborn not the right word, uh, loyal when it comes to its belief in a series, right? The Boston Celtics are a really good example of that in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the market just would not stop betting the Boston Celtics. And I'm going to assume that the market's not going to stop betting the Golden State Warriors here either. So does this number come on? And that's the, also the other thing. The betting market, or at least the betting public, clearly thinks that the Celtics are not the better team. A lot of sharper betters do. And so I do wonder what that influence looks like for game three. Do we come off three and a half? Do we get to three? Do we get to two and a half? in favor of the Boston Celtics. I'll tell you what, I mean, if that's under that three-point mark, that's that's a massive play. That's that's going to be a play on the Boston Celtics, uh, without a doubt. But as we look at how the betting market has handled this, it's going to be pretty interesting, now that we're back in Boston, how that number is handled from a side perspective. And from a totals perspective, as we talked about today on Hardwood Handicappers, when you looked at the way that game one was played and you looked at the possessions in terms of the, you know, the pace and that it was a little bit of a lower scoring game in game one and that any dip in efficiency from either side would probably lead this to be a lower scoring game. Game goes well under the total. So now we reopen a 212.5, which seems to be a happy medium for the most part on the total from where we were at the beginning of game one to where we are from where we went to game two. So I think when you look at it from, a, from that perspective, from a total standpoint, would expect that this is pretty much right on the number. ER said, Aaron Renning, when he came on the show on Hardwood Handicappers, that he made the total 214, if I remember correctly, 214.5. So not a massive play in terms of an edge one way or the other. So wouldn't really see much movement on this total. I think after we saw this game go under, the first game go over, we're right at that seat, uh, that sweet spot of 212, 212.5. So can't wait, man. And got to tell you, too, I mean, we haven't seen – let me double-check. BetMGM usually puts these up really quickly. Uh, but Steph Curry is probably, I'm going to say, not overwhelming, uh, but Steph Curry is going to be – if we're talking about a, if we're talking about Boston barely favored in the series, so like minus 115, Curry consecutive games in the way that he has been playing, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're looking at a pretty short price uh, when it comes to Steph Curry winning finals MVP. Yep, even money over at BetMGM. Tatum plus 150 and Jalen Brown plus 550. Uh, I got to say, as you look at these updated odds from BetMGM in terms of finals MVP, 
I don't know why Jason Tatum is still ahead of Jalen Brown. And it's not even that Brown today was incredible because Brown was not good after a hot start. Brown only had 17 points. He was 5 of 17 from the floor, 3 of 9 from three-point range. And uh, I think a lot of mouth breathers are going to look at Tatum with 28 points today and say it was a better game than Jalen Brown. He was His plus-minus was 30, negative 36. According to NBA stats, uh, or excuse me, stat muse, that is the worst plus-minus by NBA play and any by any player in a finals game in the play-by-play era. Tatum wasn't really good at all. And so if you're talking about, again, the favorite team, which is the Celtics, and how we're looking at this finals MVP market, uh, I would be still looking at Jalen Brown. I mean, look, I've got the ticket on Jalen Brown, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm really surprised by the market's respect and liability built like plays into these things, so I totally understand that. But... Don't let a point total fool you. Jason Tatum was not good in any way, shape, or form today. And I'm really surprised that the market has that much respect for him. Really surprised. All right, anyway, so there we go. Game three coming up on Wednesday. Celtics three and a half with a total of two twelve and a half. Um, if you're listening to this and wondering, like, why isn't he showing more contrition? I guess is the look. It's a best of seven series. If you, I'm just talking to anybody, if you're willing to come off of your priors after one result in a best of seven series, then handicapping basketball probably ain't the best thing for you. One result is not going to change anything for me. I still think the Celtics are the better team, and I still think the Celtics are going to be NBA Finals champions. So we'll leave it at that. All right, Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors, back in Boston Wednesday. That means... Hardwood Handicappers podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday after game three of the NBA Finals. We'll see you then.